Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have our next guest, Diana Morgan, who is Regional Community Manager at UiPath. Diana has been in the community space for a while and has seen the evolution of many community and digital connection platforms. Today, she talks about Clubhouse, the audio-only platform that has recently grown in popularity. We talk about how the use of real-time events can enhance community engagement and how something like Clubhouse could change how we interact with online communities altogether. Diana, I'm so happy that you could join me today. Thank you so much for making some time. I would love to just jump right in. Can you describe a little bit what UiPath is and what exactly it is that you do in your role? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for having me on, Beth. So for UiPath, it is a end-to-end automation platform, which originally just started off as a very basic software creating small-time automations. And over the past couple of years, it's grown into a whole product suite uh, to really help any automation processes for enterprise companies around the world. And so what I do at UiPath is we have a very robust community, you know, with all these developers segmented and isolated (laughs) tasked with these automation projects, they had to find each other through our community. So I develop events, programs, partnerships, and focusing more now on digital engagement and strategy uh, for our community members to find each other and build out their automation careers. Okay. So there's a lot of different aspects of your community space. You've got online communities where people can chat and you've got events where people can meet in real time. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I I make a joke that, you know, we just live all over the internet. It's a little bit decentralized in certain aspects, but we, we do maintain control as best as, best as possible. <laughs> Fair. Okay, well, I want to talk about Clubhouse. Uh, because it's all the internet is talking about. And for those people who might not know exactly what Clubhouse is, (laughs) not me, (laughs) um, (laughs) what is Clubhouse? Yeah, Clubhouse has definitely been all the hype. So uh, it launched, I believe, in spring of last year, but I don't think it really took off until late fall and winter for wider spread growth. So I believe as of currently, there are around 5 million users users on the app. And it is an audio-first drop-in social platform. So to many, it seems like an interactive podcast. And to others, it seems like an audio-first meetup.com. And to others, it's for clout chasing, <laughs> which is probably the controversy <laughs> of why of you know so much coverage on the internet. But to me, the basic functionalities of the app is that you're able to join in any audio rooms and you have to have your legal identity online uh, in your bio and you're able to, you know, look through the room, see who's whom is speaking, you know, do the social check, the social score check and, and learn some new stuff or network. So it's created its own culture around the app, which I find very fascinating. They had these onboarding rooms to say, this is how we use the app. I mean, talk about community, right? They literally had people (laughs) doing this for free. That is the most shocking part to me. For free, people onboarding other people, how to use the completely new software or social media software. And so with that, the primary driver of engagement 
is the title of the rooms. So there, it could be anything from learn how to drop ship on Shopify, become a millionaire, <laughs> or it can be anywhere as deep as like, uh, you know, intimate spaces for sound baths and people actually, you know, record, well, not record because it's live. It's not pre-recorded. Do more auditory uh, expression. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like a whole world that one would have to kind of jump into in order to explore. <laughs> so then, I mean, this audio only programming and platform, how do you kind of foresee that changing online communities? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of opinions <laughs> on this. <laughs> what I find most fascinating is that it changes the concept of an event, not just an event that you know, you can attend, but the way an event is planned. So the reason why I said that I don't think Clubhouse took off until winter is really, I, I saw it really taking off personally. Um, not I wasn't part of the VCs that were invited, you know, at the beginning, but uh, for, for the general population to engage, it was when the U.S. news cycle started to really go on the upswing, uh, starting in the beginning of January with everything that happened in the Capitol. So with that, there were dozens of rooms just in live time, people talking about it because they couldn't find other people to talk about it. And if anything, they could talk about it in a group chat <laughs> and, you know, talk over each other too. So I think in a format like Clubhouse, it definitely changes what is new and how to talk about it. And also the formatting of a planned event actually gets less traction because people want to know what's hot, what's new. So... The way that they structure it, aside from just the event news feeds, or I can't call it an event news feed, it's called the rooms news feed, is that there is a search bar for clubs. So this is where I see it kind of being like meetup.com, where a lot of people have already created their clubs. As per se, there's the Mandarin Learners Club, or there is like startup school club. So, you know, interest topic based, right? And through there, you can also have exclusive rooms if you're part of the club which I have mixed feelings about, but <laughs> you can have, um, you know, you can have private rooms or social rooms, you know, and certain constraints and limits of what's public and what's exclusive to the club. Uh, hence why it's called Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. And so in terms of how to online manage communities, I think this is where Clubhouse is very much like Discord voice rooms, but for millennials, um, because People on Discord are already doing these things uh, just, you know, through pseudonymity, also through having last minute at channel at everyone. And then, hey, like in five hours, we're going to have this event. Come join if you can, you know, and it brings that same in the moment. Like if you're free, cool. If you're not, you're not. Come join. Let's talk. So do you think there's room for companies or communities like UiPath to make a room or a club on Clubhouse and actually utilize it as part of your community engagement? I would love to, well, I would need to get approval first <laughs> because <laughs> it is an invite only app as of currently. So it is tied to your phone number and, you know, sort of linked in like your real legal identity and, you know, your professional or personal accolades that you choose to share. So the offset to Clubhouse is that it actually, I think the culture surrounding it, which is very intriguing to me, is that people aren't really able to promote their brands. So in all the Clubhouse titles, it's not really about 
hey, please make sure you join my Johnson & Johnson baby wipes room because this is how I take care of my newborn. You know, it's more so like <laughs> first-time parents, you know, how do I do this babysitting thing, right? So it becomes more topic-based because I think we all need some detraction from from brands right. necessarily. So if I were to do this, and, and I might, I just might, <laughs> I would probably start a room around automation or automation software so that anyone's able to talk about it. And, and there could be competitors in the space. There could be smaller players in the automation industry. And I think that would be more of a fascinating talk for people to come in and talk about it and onboard them into my community since, you know, my face will be up there and people can come see like what I'm up to. So if anything, I think it's more brand awareness, at least the current usage of Clubhouse versus actually promoting, like I would not move all of my events onto Clubhouse, if that makes sense. I would just be like, hey, I'm doing automation, like networking room. Whoever wants to join, if you know nothing, great. If you know everything, let's talk about it. Right. Because UiPath has been hosting events for a while, right? And do you, the events that you're hosting, are they all put on by HQ or are they like a distributed events with community members actually running events? Yeah, it's a pretty good mix. So we do have a good amount of events run by HQ. And what I've worked on is actually enabling our community builders program for developers all across the world to be able to host these events. And I think what's most important to recognize for any community manager that goes to a global scale like that is the cultural and linguistic relevance to the country. As of right now, you know, we're virtual and now there's different borders of time zones in whom you're able to meet, but we're in whiplash mode of we're now being exposed to so many more cultures, languages, dialects, vernacular that I don't think our brains can process it yet on an on an average person scale, right? And so you still need to be able to find those champions, not only champions of your product and community, but also know how to communicate to the masses of their their community, of their identity-based community, if that makes sense. So that's something I'm curious to see Clubhouse to figure that out because there's been so much drama about it. So yeah, that that's a little bit about that. So how do you then, I mean, when you talk about giving the the torch or whatever to your community members to host these events for you. How do you make sure that that identity of the UiPath community remains even through all of the cultural differences? Great question. Strict guidelines is the first one. <laughs> uh, I think branding, uh, we use this amazing platform, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's called Bevy. And yes. I think that's <laughs> a starting point for at least the visual branding aspect to be distributed to at least come back to a central place. When it comes to the speakers, fortunately, UiPath is a large enough startup to actually have a couple of people in some of the countries that are, you know, not as large and has that exposure. So I try and connect the bridge internally of our HQ to our community members to also work on this together. For example, like in Peru, Lima, Peru, we don't actually have any UiPath employees there, but we do have employees in Central America, in Brazil. Some speak Spanish, which is the native tongue in Peru. And because we're not fixed by you know physical boundaries anymore, they can join in and still have a somewhat similar experience. And maybe one day we'll have we'll have a UiPath employees in Lima. 
<laughs> well, I think it's just so, I mean, I run the CMX Connect program, which is similar in that, you know, you give the keys to the car, so to speak, to people around the world who are excited about your brand and your values, and they are excited to bring them to the kind of local community there and build build their own community in a lot of ways. I mean, they, you know, adhere to our values and they know our mission, but really they're the ones who know their community best. They know their country culture, the, of course, the language. And so it's just really cool to see how they take it and run with it and kind of make it their own. Yeah, definitely. It's, I think it's beautiful to watch how to describe it. It's beautiful to see how a brand can be permeated through a different lens, uh, through different people. And I think that's part of one of the core parts of creating community is that you have to let it take a life of its own. <laughs> you have to let go of that control a little bit with certain parameters, of course, but it no longer becomes yours anymore. And I think that's the, when it hits that moment, that's when it becomes a community. I love that. That's the quote right there. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I have one last question and it's the same question I ask everybody. Um, speaking of beautiful, <laughs> what is a memorable moment that you've had in the UiPath community? Yes. My favorite moment was probably in November of 2020. And we decided to host an appreciation event for the first time after our community has been building up for the past four and a half years. So I didn't want it to be as cheesy and corporate, like, hey, um, you know, congrats on this award or like <laughs> you know, participation award. And because like I mentioned earlier, we had so many people all across all different platforms, like our forum, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. It was a chance for me to reach out to every single little microcosm of our community to come together in one event. And with that, we did have our superlatives, so to speak. You know, we had like, you know, most active, has a clone, you know, people like that are, who are so fun to engage in and best podcaster and content creator. And what was great was I finally got to meet people that have been champions within their section of the community that don't actually always reach my part of being a community manager. And having that FaceTime taught me a lot of how to do better for the future, how to steer the community forward. But at the same time, they were also able to come forward and meet others that they had not been able to meet yet. And to me, it's so rewarding to see people that have been on the outskirts. You've seen them like, you know, sort of floating in your community, but not quite, you know, in the inner circle yet and bringing them along for the journey. They'll definitely be a part of it for 2021. Wonderful. I love making those personal connections. Isn't that why we show up to work every day? <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's the best part of the job. Well, thank you again so much. And might I personally congratulate you on your recent win at the 2021 Community Industry Awards. Diana is the Community Professional of the Year. Thank you, Beth. It is definitely humbling. I actually have been following CMX for five years. So I don't know if that makes me a community veteran at this point. <laughs> so I've seen you around Beth even before this. And I just hope that I can share my experiences and educate others because community management is not for the lighthearted. So uh, there's a lot of training that needs to continue in education for new people that want to get into the community space. So I'm, I'm just glad that I'll be able to contribute to that. Awesome. Well, thank you for contributing today. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Beth. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. <laughs>